It's the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. And it's showtime. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and on this edition of the Transfer Update Show, we're going to be focusing on Arsenal's reported interest in the Lille defender, Zeki Celik. Reports have been doing the rounds today since the story was broken earlier on uh, by the Evening Standard. Simon Collins tweeted out, uh, and he, he says that Arsenal have an interest in uh, in Zeki Celik. He says that Arsenal are interested in the Lille right-back, who has also caught the eye of Manchester United and Tottenham too. He's expected to be sold this summer for a fee of around €15 million, Euros, and the player is open to a Premier League move. So Arsenal are said to be one of a number of clubs interested in the Turkish international defender. Before we get into it in a little bit more detail and we discuss Zeki Celik and we have a little bit of a deep dive into the player because, you know, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I watch Ligue 1 every single week. I've seen bits and pieces over the course of the season and I want to try and provide you with some insight, but I also want to caveat that insight with the main point, which is I don't watch these players every single week. So I know there are podcasts out there that do this better in terms of providing you with greater analysis a little bit more insight, bringing experts on, et cetera, et cetera. And those ones are brilliant. You know, feel free to head over and check those out. I know that the Guna Talk in particular um, does a brilliant job of that. But for me, I'm reacting to the news. I'm going to share with you my views, my opinions, and we're going to try and get a little bit of an understanding about what type of player Zeki Celik is uh, by doing a little bit of uh, deep diving into a couple of websites from which we can understand a little bit about, more about the player's career to date, how his season went last season, and then I guess try and come to some kind of conclusion as to uh, whether or not he's the right man uh, for Arsenal. Now, right back is a position that Arsenal will most likely be looking to strengthen in this summer. We know that uh, Hector Bellerin could well be on his way, and we'll talk a little bit about Hector Bellerin and his future in and amongst the Celic talk, because I think it is important. Um, We'll talk about a couple of other bits and pieces as well. Reports uh, have surfaced this afternoon. That's Wednesday afternoon, uh, saying that Tottenham Hotspur are in talks with Antonio Conte. God help us all. And uh, and of course, that link between Arsenal and Sander Berger is just not going away. So we'll touch on that a little bit too in this show. I'll also get you guys to chuck your questions in the live chat towards the end, and I'll happily uh, try and take on as many of those as I possibly can. Uh, big good evening to those of you joining us live in the chat right now, in particular, Jay, Brad, Omar, Josh, Arjit, and uh, and all the rest of you. Welcome. I uh, hope you're all doing well on this uh, Wednesday evening. If you're listening via the audio, you'll be getting this on Thursday morning. So good morning to you all. Let's hope that the weather is as nice on this lovely Thursday morning, as it was on the Wednesday, it was brilliant. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's continue. Uh, let's continue and get into it. 
in a little bit more detail. So Zeki Celik, as I've said, currently playing his football at uh, Lille in France, uh, made 29 appearances for the club in the 2020-21 season, contributed three goals and three assists, which for a right back is pretty decent. He's, of course, a Turkish international as well and is expected to play a part in their uh, Euro 2020 campaign. Currently valued, according to Transfer Market, at around about £18 million. But from what we've read, from what we've been told, um, he is likely to be available for slightly less than that. We know that Lille have some financial difficulties and despite winning Liga and last season, it's very much expected that that team uh, is going to be broken up and Celic seems to be one of the players being most linked with a move away. Now, of course, as we've said, Manchester United are said to be uh, keen on the player as well and are said to be keeping a close eye on him, as are Tottenham Hotspur. Now, Tottenham Hotspur need a right back, you would argue. You know, they brought Matt Doherty in. It hasn't really worked out for him. Serge Aurier is like a ticking time bomb waiting to explode all the time. So, you know, you don't you don't really want to be relying on him. So it's understandable as to why they may be interested. And for Manchester United, you know, beyond Aaron Wan-Bissaka, I'm not sure they're particularly well stocked in that position unless I've completely missed someone off the top of my head. But feels like he's... Um, He's someone that's appealing to a lot of people because obviously he's a league champion and because obviously he's seemingly going to be allowed to leave for a very decent amount of money. And I keep talking about it all the time. You know, I keep saying and I've said it for days and days and days that this transfer market is not going to be like so many people are expecting it to be. Arsenal aren't going to be able to pay huge sums of money for players and equally other clubs are going to be forced to sell players for below what they believe to be their market value. So this feels like a bit of an opportunity, this one, to get someone as good as Zeki Celik, who's had a very good season, as I say, uh, in a bit of a cut price deal. If you could sell Hector Bellerin for around about that amount of money, so around about the £15 million mark, which is, I think, probably about what I said he'd go for. And correct, I can't remember what I said off the top of my head, but we did a show a couple of days ago where we talked about how much Arsenal can hope to bring in from some of the players. And if you could do a like for like Hector Bellerin, who clearly wants to go, Hector Bellerin, who who believes his future is elsewhere, hasn't had a great season anyway, and you could bring Zeki Celik in for the same money, then I think you do that. Um, and, and I don't have any issues or objections to something like that. But as I said, 29 appearances in Ligue 1. If we move on to his uh, Europa League record, he made four appearances in the European competition managed a goal uh, for Lille, uh, also played four times in the UEFA Nations League uh, for Turkey and, of course, played twice in the Coupe de France. Uh, so plenty of experience. And and Zeki's just, you know, he's just 24 years old, just 24 years old. And with Lille, his contract is due to expire on June 30th, 2023. So he's still got a bit of time left, but they'll feel like now's the time to cash in on him if they do, of course, intend to do so. If we move on to his profile via whoscored.com, uh, and I know these ratings aren't always to be taken as gospel, right? So don't get completely bogged down in this. I'm not saying it's the only thing from which to measure him. But if you look at Zeki Celik's record in terms of his uh, performance ratings, he's currently rated at 7 out of 10 in league Gun. So that's been his average over the course of the season. He has been named man of the match on whoscored.com three times in those 29 league appearances. 
So he's a player that's that stood out. He's a player that's done good things. He's a player that's caught the eyes of people. And according to um, according to uh, who scored, he's a player who likes to play the ball off of the ground, likes to tackle. But one of his shortcomings is that he commits fouls a little bit too often. They also go on to say that concentration is something um, that he's become renowned for. So uh, Zeki Celik seems like a decent signing. As I say, you know, I'm sure there are people out there who'll be able to give you a little bit more of a download on Zeki Celik. But for me, on the surface of it, based on what we're seeing uh, in terms of statistics, in terms of his performance ratings over the course of the 2020. 21 campaign I had to think about that uh too many 20s it feels like um he would be a decent signing and one within Arsenal's budget because that's really really important I think Arsenal are you know in a really weird position this summer whereby we have to do loads of business because we've got loads of positions we need to improve on clearly the team finishing where it did is not good enough and we need to do the kind of business in the summer that's going to see us propel back up to where we need to be but we don't have that much money, but everybody else is cash strapped too. So maybe we'll be able to get deals over the line regardless. It's going to be a really interesting summer. It's a really strange summer and one that I am, you know, I haven't got massive expectations for, but one that I am interested very much so to see how it develops and how Arsenal navigate this very, very difficult market. And as Brett Huffman says in the chat, um, Arsenal have to buy smart. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I saw someone in there saying that we're, they're tired of signing Lille players. GAG 10s is tired of signing Lille players. And I get that. Look, I mean, Lille are not Real Madrid. They're not Paris Saint-Germain. They're not Bayern Munich. They're not Manchester City. I get that. But what Lille are is a club that have been able over the years to produce a pretty decent standard of player and then sell those players on for big money. That's how they've kind of sustained their business model. It's how they move forward. And this time around, Lille went all the way and won league game, which, you know, full credit to them, well-deserved as well. So it feels like the kind of place that you can raid without going absolutely crazy because they know themselves, don't they, that what their position is. They know how precarious their financial situation is currently. And, you know, it is what it is. You know, Zeki Celik, if you had asked me, you know, five days ago, who's the right back that I would love to see Arsenal sign to replace Hector Bellerin, who seemingly uh, is going to leave the club this summer? I wouldn't have come up with Zeki Celik. I'm not going to lie. But uh, on the face of it, it seems like quite a smart signing uh, for a player who, you know, will get a good look at, at the European Championships as well, I'm sure. Uh, let's go back over to the live chat box. A big thank you to Myron Phillips for your very, very kind Super chat donation. Myron says, given it's a buyer's market, you would think the club would invest now while prices are low and players in France can be had on the cheap. Yeah, um, it's an interesting point. You know, it's a weird one. When you've got a tournament in the summer, it's quite difficult to know what to do because you could go and invest big on someone. They go to the tournament, pick up a long-term injury and you're screwed. You could watch the tournament and identify someone who you feel might be a better fit and then regret making that move before uh, before the competition took place. So there's all different ways of looking at it this summer. And that's why on top of the market circumstances, on top of all the difficulties that clubs are having, on top of the fact that I think we're going to see so many loan deals um, as opposed to permanent transfers this time around, 
because of all of that, it is what is what makes it a really, really interesting summer, uh, you know, in my opinion. Uh, but thank you once again, Myron, uh, for your very, very kind donation. Just a quick reminder, whilst we are here, let's uh, let's get some likes on the board. How many have we currently got? I can see right now that there's over 100 of you joining me uh, via YouTube. Let's check in where we are, though, in terms of likes. We'd like to get up as close to that 100 as soon as possible. We've got 28 at present, so let's get a few more on the board. I'd be delighted and chuffed and thankful if you could just smash that like button. It doesn't cost a thing, and it really, really helps the channel as well as getting the video out. As also... If you haven't done so already, if you're new to the channel, hit that subscribe button. That also helps. And we're looking to hit 14,000 sooner rather than later. Uh, that's on YouTube, of course. If you want us to go one further and support the uh, podcast uh, by becoming a member, you can also do that by clicking on the link in the description. And if you'd love to do it, uh, if you want to do it, sorry, we'd love to have you. So uh, why not check it out? Uh, before I move on to a couple of other bits, uh, let me just pick up this one from Dyer in the chat. He says, have you heard any talk of us going in for James Madison? I haven't. Uh, not from anybody reliable anyway. Um, I, I did read something earlier on today, but I wasn't convinced by it. Seemed like a bit of clickbait for me um, and nothing more than that based off of very little. So uh, not to my understanding, it's not to my understanding that Arsenal are pursuing a deal for Leicester's James Madison. And I'm not sure I'd want us to pursue one either really disappointing i thought um in the uh in the second half of this season i know he had injury problems but wasn't keen uh what else have we got here omar says chelik or aaron's interesting uh, it's really hard for me to answer that question because i haven't watched enough of zeki chelik um but i think you have to consider the finances here and I think that Zeki Celik, and I, I know Zeki Celik is going to be available at a much lower price. So if Arsenal feel like Zeki Celik is up to it, is the man uh, to come in and, and long-term replace Hector Bellerin, then by all means, do it. Um, do it, because Max Aaron is just going to cost us a bloody fortune. As much as I like the player, it's going to cost us a lot of money. And if it hinders us in doing other business in areas that I probably see as more of a priority, then I don't think that would be the right move. So there we go. Right, uh, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about a couple of other bits and pieces and then we'll take your questions between now and the end of the show. Let's begin uh, by discussing the rumours linking Antonio Conte with a move to Tottenham. A report came from Sky Italy this afternoon which claimed that Antonio Conte's representatives are in talk with Tottenham Hotspur over him replacing Jose Mourinho. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I've been waxing lyrical about Antonio Conte for a while now. And so if he was to go over to Spurs, I think that would be the first time in 20 odd years that I've actually genuinely been envious of Tottenham Hotspur. Um, so I hope that doesn't come to fruition. I think if I was a Tottenham fan, I'd be absolutely delighted. And I'd be looking at this as a win-win situation because either Antonio Conte goes into Spurs, delivers success, the way he's delivered success everybody, everywhere else. Or he goes in and he completely calls out Daniel Levy, exposes him for exactly what he is and turns the fans against him. And I think that would be best for the fans as well. So the Spurs fans will be loving life at the moment and they'll be desperately hoping that Tottenham can get this deal over the line. But as I say, reports from Italy that Antonio Conte is currently in talks with Tottenham Hotspur. God help us all if that happens. I really hope it doesn't. Just notice the stain on the top of my T-shirt. I have been barbecuing this evening, so I must have 
touched some charcoal or something and then got it on there. So apologies. Should have turned up looking a little bit more presentable. Um, but I'm going to jump off afterwards and uh, and get cleaned up and watch the England game. And uh, yeah, it's not going to be great, is it? Never is with England, but uh, worth a watch, of course, heading into the tournament. Other bit of talk I wanted to talk about was uh, Sander Berger, of course, the uh, Sheffield United player. He's been linked with Arsenal for quite a while now. And whilst there's been no significant developments uh, with regards to Arsenal's alleged pursuit of Sander Berger, it does seem that the club are um, are at a bit of a stumbling point with regards to his price. I think that Arsenal, first of all, don't want to pay anywhere near uh, what Sanderberg or, or what Sheffield United feels Sanderberg is worth, which is rumoured to be around about £35 million. But also Arsenal uh, are not happy with the payment structure that has been proposed by Sheffield United, allegedly, um, if Arsenal are going to do the deal. So I don't know exactly... Um, you know, how far Arsenal are going to push this one down the road in terms of, or how far Arsenal are going to chase this one down the road, I should say. But it does feel uh, like, you know, he is someone that Arsenal are really, really interested in because these reports regarding Sanderberger are just not going away. So that was the, the the latest bit of info that I just gave you that apparently Arsenal don't want to pay 35 million and have an issue uh, with the payment structure that Sheffield United are asking for. Jamar in the chat says uh, Sander Berger for 35 million, no chance. I feel like that as well. I feel like I can't justify 35 million pounds on Sander Berger. And people say to me, but it's not your money. Why do you care? I care because if it puts Arsenal in a precarious financial position going forward and Arsenal are unable to compete as a result of that, then of course I care. But yeah, 35 million pounds for Sander Berger sounds excessive. It sounds too much to me. And I would say, if that's what they want, if that's what they're demanding and they're not bloody budging, then steer clear because I'm sure there are other uh, as capable midfielders out there and available this summer for far, far less than £35 million. I just, I know the guy's got a good reputation. I know there are a lot of sort of European football experts who are huge on him, who really feel like he's got everything to go on and become a really, really top player, but he's not there yet. And, you know, as JG says in the chat, if we're selling Xhaka for 20 and buying Berger for 35, that's awful business. That's exactly how I feel. And that's why I bring that comment up. Um, you know, that, that's how I feel, too. I, I can't disagree with that in the slightest. Heading into the last uh, sort of 10 minutes of the live stream, feel free to get your questions into the live chat box and I'll pick up as many of those as I possibly can between now and the end. Just a quick reminder, if you haven't done so already, please do smash that like button. There's over 150 of you watching us right now. We've only got 50 likes. Let's try and get that up uh, to as close to 100 as we possibly can uh, because... Um, it really, really helps. And, and as I said earlier on, if you haven't subscribed to the channel already, please do so. Uh, it's very much appreciated. Right. Let's pick up uh, some of your questions here. Uh, let's take this one from Shivanand, who says, any news on a war? I was asked this one in the stream that we did earlier on today. So in the last episode of the podcast, for those of you listening via the audio platforms and, you know, my my answer hasn't changed. I think that with with Hussein Mawa, he remains somebody that is on Arsenal's shortlist of midfield players, but he's not at the top of that list by any means. Um, so Arsenal, 
you know, were, were heavily linked with the player last summer. It looked like a deal was going to come to fruition. Arsenal didn't uh, meet the threshold set by uh, the uh, Lyon president, Jean-Michel Olas, etc., etc. And that deal never got done. But for me, it wasn't about finance, right? It wasn't about not being able to raise the funds because Arsenal, just days after that deal, seemed dead in the water, went out and uh, spl- uh, splashed the cash, broke the bank, if you like, to uh, to bring Thomas Partey to the club from Atletico Madrid. So it wasn't because Arsenal couldn't afford Husemawa, contrary to what a lot of people say, contrary to what a lot of people think. It's because they opted for Partey over him. Is he still an option? Yes, I believe he is. Is he on the shortlist? Yes, I believe he is. But no news with regards to any movement uh, with uh, with Uh Let's pick up this one from Matt, one of our members. Hope you're well, Matt. He says, would you still buy Odegaard if the price was right? I think I would, Matt. I think I would. But the price has to be right. That's the key point there. You've hit the nail on the head. Uh, for me, you know, He's someone who's shown glimpses. He's someone who's shown potential. But I I just, you know, again, you know, if we're talking about upwards of 50 million pounds, which is what Real Madrid are said to be demanding for Martin Odegaard, that just doesn't feel right to me. He's not done enough in that short period of time. And I know it's difficult to have a big impact over what? Uh, short, but you know, he joined towards the end of January, didn't he? He had February, March, April and some of May. So he only really had four months to prove himself, four months to show his worth, five months um, if you want. You know, it's a little bit harsh to judge him solely on that period. I saw enough to suggest that there are signs of a really good player there. Saw signs to suggest that he's a real talent. And it's clear that Mikel Arteta likes him just based on how much he used him in that period of time. But again, similarly to what I said about the right-back situation when we were talking about Max Ahrens, if doing a deal like that handicaps you with regards to getting the other deals, the other additional deals done that you need to do to close the gap between Arsenal and the top four, then it's not a worthwhile investment. So, Matt, you hit the nail on the head Is the pro- if the price was right. And that is the key point there uh, for sure. Uh, Chef CG says, if Xhaka goes, who's going to be your new mascot, Harry? I don't know. Uh, I'll have to find a new one. Uh, I think I'm going to go Mill Smith-Rowe as my new mascot. Uh, Elijah uh, asks, Harry, is there any latest about Yves Bissouma? Um, no, uh, there isn't. I'll give you a little bit of what my hunch is on Yves Bissouma and my hunch is that Arsenal have an interest in him, but that he's not the main priority, that he's not the number one on the list. I know a lot of Arsenal fans out there would love to see Yves Bissouma brought to the club and would love to see him right at the top of the priority list. But it feels like Arsenal are looking elsewhere. Is it because of uh, the price that that Brighton are expected to demand, um, or is it because Arsenal don't feel that as a as a player in terms of his profile, he necessarily fits what the club are looking to achieve over the course of this summer? And for me, you know, I kind of lean towards that way. I kind of half agree with that. I kind of feel like he's a little bit similar to Thomas Partey, a little bit too similar, I should say. Um, and he's a little bit, you know, he, he's not as creative as, a, as I'd like to see our second central midfielder be. We've got Thomas Partey in there, and people always talk about his creativity and the ability and willingness to play passes in between the lines, and he does have that, but I, I think you need a real technician 
uh, in that deep line midfield position alongside him. Someone who's going to be tasked very, very often with dropping into that hole and picking up the ball off of the centre-backs. And I'm not convinced that in pressured situations that Yves Bissouma is necessarily the right man for that. Um, Yassir, as a follow-on question, asks, who is the priority? And the answer is, my friend, I don't know. But I do feel like Arsenal's pursuit or Arsenal's interest um, in Yves Bissouma is not as concrete as was reported earlier on, uh, you know, or, or a few weeks ago. I think that he is, as I say, someone they're looking at, someone they're considering, but not the priority. And again, I'm not got any inside knowledge on that. I'm just trying to read in between the lines from what we've read, what we've heard, what we've seen over the last week or so. It just doesn't feel to me like Yves Bissouma is Arsenal's number one priority when it comes to recruiting in that midfield area. Uh, let's pick up uh, this one from Anurag, also one of our members. Hope you're well, my friend. He says, hey, Harry, evening. Any update on the Onana verdict, which was supposed to be today? Uh, I've not seen any update on that, Anurag. Um, I know earlier on it was confirmed that a four-hour hearing took place. It was confirmed that Andre Onana, or it was reported that Andre Onana had given a really good, uh, convincing kind of account of of what he's happened. And for those of you who are just catching up with the whole scenario, Arsenal, of course, heavily linked with a move for Ajax's Andre Onana, who's currently uh, face, who's currently banned due to a doping offence. There was a, a banned substance found in his urine sample, which he claims came from mistakenly taken, taking some of his wife's medication. Either way, a 12-month ban, which is what he's been handed, feels a little bit harsh. Um, He's hoping to get that reduced down to six months and in which case Arsenal would probably swoop in and pick up the player for between five to eight million euros, which I feel would be a good bit of business, particularly if, of course, uh, as we believe may be the case, Bern Leno um, is, uh, is moved on this summer. So interesting, interesting. Lots going on in the world of Arsenal and transfers. Uh, of course, as always, and, you know, we, we've talked about a load of players, but I wouldn't be surprised if Arsenal, similarly to the way they signed Matt Ryan, just pull a transfer out of the bag without us uh, even having the first clue that that it was coming. Uh, Kieran King, oops, I've clicked on the wrong there one there, uh, has asked whether Lacazette will go this summer. Um, can't be sure. Can't be sure. I think contract talks with Alexander Lacazette are currently ongoing. It's, you know, it's a crossroads now with Alexander Lacazette. You either give him another contract and you trust in him to deliver uh, over the next few months, uh, you know, next year, year or two, or you cash in on him. But who is going to be out there to pay the money that Arsenal would feel is worth? And it's again goes back to the point I was making the other day about why I feel that some people are overestimating what a lot of these players that Arsenal were said to be open to selling could bring in in this window. You know, it's a very different window. This is not a normal transfer window. So you've got to bear that in mind. You absolutely have to bear that in mind. And someone like Alexander Lacazette, who you might have under normal circumstances say was worth £25 million, isn't going to, you know, isn't going to, isn't going to bring in that kind of money. Um, you know, it's probably going to be less than that. So you've got the, you've got to make the decision. You've got to. Uh, Brett Huffman says any links to a backup left back for Tierney. His injuries this past season were a big issue. Seems like a pretty important position to look for. Completely agree. It is a, a one of Arsenal's priorities. You know, Serge Kolasinac has a year remaining on his contract, but my suspect suspicion or feeling is that Arsenal are going to try and and 
and in that contract, Arsenal were going to try and, um, you know, terminate that one in the way that they did with, with a number of other players over the course of last season. So I don't expect Sarah Kolasinac to play for Arsenal again. Uh, but you're right, Brett. It is a really important area. It's one that we need to address. And we know that Kirantini is injury prone. You know, he's a fantastic player when available. Absolutely adore him. I think he's fantastic. But that's the reality of the situation with Kirantini. A backup left back must be brought in. Absolutely must be. Um, let me pick up one final question um, before we wrap it up. This one comes from Killian Barry, who says, question, as an Arsenal fan, I'm very used to us being linked with a lot of players, but ending up signing poorer alternatives. For example, Kante, we were linked with, and then we signed Granit Xhaka. Are you worried about all these links and no signings? Um, a little bit. A little bit because you know that this tends to happen. You know, Arsenal are a club who are traditionally one of the big six, yet are nowhere near where they need to be. And so, the general view out there is that Arsenal need to sign a load of players. So, it feels as a journalist that linking players with Arsenal is quite convenient, it's quite easy, it's quite, um, you know, if you broke a story saying Arsenal are linked with this left back or this right back or this centre midfielder, positions that we know Arsenal are, you know, are probably looking to strengthen this summer. Whether there is much to that link, whether there is a lot of credence to it, whether it carries a lot of weight, people will just gravitate towards that story and it earns clicks and it gets eyes on it because ultimately the Arsenal fans are on edge, desperate to see what's going to happen over the course of the next few weeks in the next month and to see if Arsenal can do the business that the fans believe will propel them up to the level that they need to be. But yeah, it is a concern because we do get linked with everybody under the sun with Arsenal. You know, you wouldn't be surprised if somebody came out of the blue that we hadn't even been linked with, or we hadn't even read about and the signing was announced, you know, you can't put that past Arsenal, but yeah, of course, you know, all of this is just talk and all of this is just speculation. And until it actually materialises into completed deals, then you do have to be wary and you do have to think about it for sure. Absolutely. Right. I'm going to leave it there. Uh, that's the end of our transfer update show. Uh, let's have another quick final check in on where we are with the likes. Apologies if I didn't get round to your questions. Uh, I'm sure I can pick up some more of those tomorrow. Uh, we've got a hundred and eighty-three of you watching us live right now, but we've only got sixty-six likes. What is going on, people? Hit the like button. Doesn't cost a thing. Really, really helps the channel. And make sure you're subscribed if you haven't done so already. By the time the outro plays, I want to see us at least, at the very minimum, on one hundred likes. And also subscribe because we're on the road to fourteen thousand YouTube subscribers. I'll catch you all very soon with some more transfer update talk. Transfer update talk. Does that even make sense? Some more Arsenal transfer talk, I should say. We'll be back tomorrow with more Arsenal content. Until then, take care. Ciao. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.